0: going to do uh, do one this morning, uh, oh holy night, um, just celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because if, if it's not for about him, um, we've lost our way, uh, and we praise him and we thank him for all that he's done for us, um, coming to this earth as a baby, living the life of a, of a child, teenager, and then as an adult, uh, and then being that sacrifice for us so that we can have eternal life with him. If we repent and we turn away from our sins and we place our faith and our trust in him, that's what it's all about. our dear Savior's birth.
1: Thank you so much for being here this morning. I know that family gatherings and and, uh, that sort of thing, there's all sorts of festivities that we, we celebrate this time of year. Thank you for taking time out of your busy holiday schedule to come. You know, I think it's ultimately important, maybe more so than any other day of the year to worship on Christmas, because... Uh, If we don't, we shouldn't have anything else we want to do on Christmas. Nothing else should take the place or the importance of our worship today. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, of course, we get the Christmas story there. We get the Luke's account of what happened on the day of the time of Jesus' birth. And I want to I speak to you specifically in one verse, verse 14, about the Christmas choir. But we're going to read this, the full account. Together, and then we will back up and look at verse 14. So let's begin reading in verse 1 of chapter 2 in the Gospel of Luke. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... Now, I'd like for us to go back and picture yourself on the countryside at night with your sheep, probably having a little fire and a couple of other guys around, other shepherds. And as you are there, stars are shining. Of course, it's night, it's dark, there's a little bit of light with the fire, but you can hear the the lambs, the ewes, the, the rams, all those sheep gathered around You could hear them in the night, and then something happens, a bright light. The scripture says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. So you go from darkness into a brilliant light immediately, startling, I'm sure, afraid, of course. Blinded, most likely for a few moments, and then an angel appears. And this angel comforts them with these words Don't be afraid, I've got some good news for you. Here it is. There's born to you this day in the city of David, in Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ, who is the Messiah, who is the Anointed One, foretold in the Old Testament Scriptures, He's here. And then, they tell Him how to find the baby. And after that, or or after this angel describes that, in verse 13 it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. Imagine that for just a moment. You're looking at one Angel, and that's that's disturbing enough. But then all of a sudden, there's a huge choir, and not just two or three dozen. Imagine a multitude, as the the scripture describes it. Uh, I can't imagine. I, I'm I'm trying to picture it, and I wonder how how glorious it must have been across the sky. You know, they're out in the open. They're they're not around a bunch of trees or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure the, the countryside was open to them. How full was the panoramic scene with the choir of angels? And they had a song to sing. Now I know the scripture says they said this. It says they were praising God and saying... But I choose to believe that they sang it because, you know, that's exactly what we do in heaven or they do in heaven. They sing praises to God, they they sing out their, their praise, their worship. Many of those songs are recorded for us in the scriptures that they sing, especially in Revelations. But here, here's another saying or song Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace goodwill toward men today i want to i want to talk about this presentation of the gospel in this song this brief verse let's pray together please father you are so wonderful so merciful so gracious we thank you for every opportunity to worship you and Lord God, today, as busy as the world is, I thank you for these that have chosen to worship, to come and to gather together and encourage each other's hearts and share love with one another and share, share the special meaning of today, the real purpose of Christmas. And Father, as we, as we do worship, as we study your word, Father cause it to benefit us greatly in our knowledge of you and in our our understanding of you but also Father help us to worship like we've never worshipped before help us to bear our hearts before you and understand what you've done for us what you've given us and help us never to turn back from it God thank you Thank you for your son. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord Jesus. As we worship you today, we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the angel choir, as they have made this announcement, this one messenger angel comes and shares the message, hey, you're going to find the Messiah, the Savior, the one who was prophesied about. He's in Bethlehem. He has come, He's been born today, tonight, right here, He's close by, go see Him. Here's how you'll find Him. And then they end this this vision, they end this encounter with a beautiful song, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So I want to look at each phrase and talk about it for just a moment. Why did they begin with glory to God in the highest? Hey, look, they're angels. They're created beings for the praise and worship of Almighty God, for obeying God completely. So here they are. The most important thing to them ever is to glorify and honor God. So as they begin, they say, glory to God in the highest. Because, because He's God. And because He's on the throne. Because he has fulfilled a prophecy that he had foretold that was going to happen. You know, his plan was being put into place. And the angels came and said, glory to God for his faithfulness. Now, I'm adding that. This is, this is my, my interpretation. What they, glory to God for his faithfulness in that he has sent his one and only son to redeem mankind from hell, death, death in the grave, from their sins to save them from their own selves. Glory to God, because He is the master of this plan. He has set it into place and now He's fulfilling it. Praise to the Holy One. So they sing glory to God in the highest. So I'm, I'm, looking, I'm starting to study words a little bit more lately, so I, I looked up the word glory and I found the definitions of it there, but I also found some synonyms that I, I just love. I said it helps me to understand what they're, they're talking about a little bit more. Praise, honor, adoration, and exaltation. This is what they were saying all at one time, saying glory. Praise God, honor God, exalt God, adore God for what He is doing right now. Uh, glory to God in the highest. Now I'm looking at that phrase also. What did they mean by in the highest? Well, first of all, there's a couple of different ways that I looked at it. First of all, in the highest heaven, is where God is. Now we claim that the highest heaven, and not that there's levels of heaven, but there there are in the scriptures. There's different things described as heaven, such as the sky in the heavens, the birds in the in the heavens in the sky, and then there's the outer, what we would call space, I guess not in our atmosphere on earth. That's the high, a high heaven or another heaven where, that contains the stars. And then the highest heaven is where God dwells, His home. That's heaven, the highest heaven. So the angels could be saying, "Glory God, glory to God, praise Him, honor Him, in the highest place where His throne is. Which was where they came from to deliver this message. So they're asking, they're, they're, they're saying, Glory to God, glory to God, praise Him, honor Him, worship Him in the highest heavens. In a, in a sense, it's almost an invitation to come and worship God at His throne. But then, glory to God in the highest could also mean the highest form of glory that we can give Him the best worship that we're possible uh, that's possible for us as a created being. The glory, the highest glory that we can give Him is what they're also describing there, which means whatever we can give Him, the best that we offer, the best that we can offer. And what is that best? It's us. Not that we're any good. Uh, Not that we're worth anything, but all that we are worth is put into His hands for His honor, for His glory, for Him to accomplish His will and purpose through us. So not only is it an invitation to worship and praise God in the highest heavens, but in the highest way possible for you. And they say, glory to God in the highest. Praise Him with all that you have. Praise Him with all that you are. Praise Him for all time because He's on the throne, because He knows exactly what is going on and and when everything will happen. He has that perfect knowledge, but then He is also putting into place His plan. The plan that He had all along is playing out exactly how He planned it for you and for me. And it didn't just begin that night in Bethlehem. Like we talked about last week, it began before time began. But it's going just according to His plan. Now, we, sometimes we want to change God's plan. But what He says, what the angel's message is, give glory to God because He knows what He's doing. He's on the throne. He's in the highest heaven. This is His will for you. And then the next phrase. And on earth, peace. You know, we've got a lot going on in our world right now. And you could, you could probably Google world conflicts right now. And you'd have a list of nation against nation. Or country against country. Even in our own nation, you've got conservatives against liberals. You've got the right side against the wrong side. That's my personal belief. And we will never have peace on earth completely until we have a peaceful ruler, the Prince of Peace. So for the angels to say, on earth peace, What were they describing? Well, you see, they came from heaven. And in heaven, God's will is done perfectly. At one time, there was a rebellion. Lucifer, the morning star, rebelled against Almighty God and some angels with him, and God cast them out. So now, in heaven, perfect peace. Perfect peace. Because there's a, a, an omnipotent, omnipresent, uh, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, all-gracious God. So, in, there's, so with the peace in heaven, which with the angels came from, and they're announcing, look, now peace has come to man. Peace has come to earth. And they weren't talking about the the conflicts among men, that kind of peace. They were talking about a person, the Prince of Peace, that's described in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 7. He is called the Prince of Peace. And now the angels are saying, Peace on earth. He's here. The author of peace. The one who can consolidate all mankind together under one roof, under one umbrella, and cause us all to get along because we will have a common purpose, a common ruler, one who loves us and wants the best for us. Peace on earth. Now, earth before peace, of course... We don't have to describe that much because that's where we live. We don't have to talk about it too much because all you have to do is flip on the, the news or, or check your, your news feed. And you know that there's no peace there. But peace came in the person of God. God the Son, who is the Prince of Peace, came to earth. Now, amazing. Mind-blowing that God, God, would be a baby, would limit Himself to being a physical child dependent on one little girl, one teenager, and one young man to provide for Him, take care of Him, to make sure that He lived to another day peace in the form of the God man came to earth. and on earth peace goodwill toward men. Goodwill toward men. How awesome as the angels sing out glory to God in the highest. on earth peace, goodwill toward men. God's goodwill toward men amazingly enough God's plan all along was that he would send his son one, one of the three persons of God and he would come and become an embryo in his mother's womb for nine months and then be born and wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger so that God could demonstrate His goodwill toward us and that while we were still sinners, you see, Christ came, lived a sinless life, and died for us. God's goodwill toward us. So again, I looked up goodwill. Goodwill. I did the definition thing, and I also did the synonym thing, which is what I like. I like, I like to get other words to help me to understand this one word. So there's, there's words that I wrote down that help me to comprehend or get a better, better grasp of the word goodwill. The first one was kindness. Kind The kindness of God. By the way, He doesn't owe us anything. <laughs> he doesn't owe us anything. And yet... He loves us enough to sustain us, to give us what we need and then give us what he wants us to have, which is his love, his everlasting life, if we choose him. Kindness. I'm going to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, we, we've, um, we studied this a little bit on Wednesday night with the kids And last week we were talking about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. But beginning in verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places In Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God who is rich in mercy, because of His great love, has lifted us up, has made us co-heirs with Christ of His kingdom. Because He wanted to show us the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in His Son, Christ Jesus. Goodwill toward men. Compassion. You see, in the story of the prodigal son, or the the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, This is what happened. You know, the the son went wild. He went crazy. And then he he came to his senses. And he was coming back to his father. And his father, it says, his father saw him coming and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. How, How awesome the thought of that is. A rebellious, terrible son. Who dishonored and disgraced his father was welcomed back with the father's goodwill, compassion. So much so that he ran and grabbed a hold of him, hugged him greatly, and kissed him, welcoming him back home. The compassion, the goodwill toward men. And then goodwill also means love, the love of God. Of course, you know, you can go to John three sixteen and read about the love of God. But here in John chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus said this, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus' birth was ultimately leading toward Jesus' death. Jesus' death was ultimately leading to Jesus' resurrection. Jesus' resurrection was ultimately leading to His exaltation to the right hand of God. And that exaltation to the right hand of God means that He's interceding for us right now, allowing us, causing, having a way for us to enter into God's presence because of His holiness and righteousness, His sacrifice. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Goodwill toward men. And then selflessness. The goodwill toward men. Think of the selflessness of God. Think of how... When God took my place when He accepted my punishment, how could we ask for more? In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, Jesus was in the garden and He was praying before His arrest. Listen to what He said. Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus was saying, here I am, God. If I have to be the offering, if I have to be the sacrifice, this is your plan. If there's no other way, here I am. Offering myself. The good will of God. Toward you. This morning, we celebrate the birth of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Pray with me, please. Father, we bow. Because we love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And Father, even in all that you've done, you're planning more. And we thank you for that. I ask for this this morning a special blessing on everyone that's here. And Father, I ask that during our invitation time, which we'll have in just a moment, that you accomplish your purpose for today here in this place. That you accomplish the salvation of all that are here. Father, if there's one who hasn't received your goodwill, your peace, and glorified your holy name, Father, it's my prayer that they do that this morning, that they recognize your love for them. And that they set aside themselves, giving themselves completely to you. In Jesus' name, amen.